Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the No Lasting City podcast. I'm Scott Corian, your host, and today we'll finish up the series we've been doing on how the church can change the world, looking at Acts 2.42. How does the church change the world today? Well, we need to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the, to the good news of the gospel, what God has done in Christ. We need to know that. We need to proclaim it. We need to live out the implications in our lives, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. We need to be devoted to the fellowship, to the community. We need to be devoted to one another. Jesus said that uh, by this, the world will know that God sent me, that uh, by, by your love for one another. And so our, our community is so important in that. We need to be devoted to worship, worship that is done both in spirit and in truth. And we need to make that a commitment and a priority. And then lastly, and our topic for today is we need to be devoted to prayer. If we want to change the world, if we want to do something that great, we need to be devoted to prayer because we don't have the ability to change the world and God does. And so we need to call upon his name. That needs to be a real ministry. Now, when I talk about being devoted to prayer, let's make a couple of comments at the beginning. In, in the book of Acts, first of all, for most of us listening to this podcast, most of us are Americans. And uh, when we hear this phrase, they were devoted to prayer, we will probably immediately unconsciously think of individual prayer. But that's not the context of this passage. And throughout the book of Acts, although we we do see people praying individually and individual prayer is important, the focus is more on the corporate nature of God's people praying together. And this is something I think we must recover. The book of Acts gives a lot more attention to that than me in my bedroom or my closet praying privately. Uh, again, they're both important, and we've got to hold them together. One quote I, I've uh, heard on this, uh, read on this, is uh, private and corporate prayer are like two wings of an airplane. Which one would you rather do without? And I do think that's a fair way of capturing the biblical emphasis on prayer. Private and corporate prayer both need to be present in our life and in the life of a church. A prayer clearly was an essential ministry of the early church. You cannot read the book of Acts. You cannot read the New Testament without seeing that, that prayer wasn't just a, a side warm-up ministry. It wasn't a hoop that you jump through to get to the real action. Uh, it was in and of itself a real core ministry of God's people. Uh, so, for example, in Acts chapter 6, we, we read that uh, uh, the, the apostles, when they set, a start, set apart excuse me, a group of men to, to care for some of the needy orphans and widows that were being neglected in the, the distribution, said, we need to set these men apart because we need to be devoted to the prayers in the ministry of the word. And, and there, the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the word are placed uh, on equal footing with each other. And I think that might surprise some of, uh, some of us, that, that prayer was that central, that, that important. And, and, and throughout the book of Acts, we, we, there's a clear connection that's often made between God's people praying and God acting in miraculous and life-altering ways. Think of Acts chapter 12, where, where God's people are praying together in an upper room for Peter's release, and Peter is miraculously released from prison. So all of this highlights what, frankly, the whole Bible teaches from cover to cover, which is we do believe in a personal God 
who hears and answers our prayers. That is what we believe as Christians. Now, if that were not true, then prayer would not be an important ministry at all. In fact, it would be ridiculous. It would be just a complete gigantic waste of your time. A couple years ago, I read a short book written by atheist Christopher Hitchens. Uh, Christopher Hitchens has now died. He was uh, he had throat cancer actually at the time that he wrote this short book, and he reflects interestingly uh, in this book. He he reflects on the fact that he had been told that many Christians were praying for him and praying for his healing from this cancer. And here's what he wrote in this book. He says, "Quote." Please don't trouble deaf heaven with your cries, unless, of course, it makes you feel better. Please don't trouble deaf heaven with your cries, unless, of course, it makes you feel better. That's what he, that was his response to the Christians who were praying for him. Now, in his worldview, we have to say that's a—I mean, that just makes sense. If there is no God, or if there is no personal God, which is what Hitchens believe that there was no God, then the idea of prayer is it's just ridiculous. Heaven is deaf. There's nobody to hear. There's nobody to respond. The only possible justification for it could be that it gives you some therapeutic benefit, which is exactly what he said, unless, of course, it makes you feel better. But that is not what we believe as Christians. This is not what what the Bible teaches. Uh, Not only is there a God in heaven, there is a God in heaven who is personal, who hears who answers. And so when it comes to thinking about ministry, when it comes to our world, when it comes to our lives, one of the most important things we can do as God's people is pray. One of the the most central ministries we have that God has given to us is to pray. Now, prayer is not all we are to do, of course, but it should always be one of the first things we do. Now, I acknowledge it is hard to think of prayer this way. I, I struggle with it myself because particularly as Americans, we we want to do something. We want to do something. And praying doesn't feel like we're doing anything. Sometimes we, we, we pray for 15 minutes or 30 minutes and we get up and we wonder, what, what did we just accomplish? What do, what did we just do? Uh, anecdotally, I'll, I'll tell you that over the years, I've been in ministry now, uh, ordained ministry for 10 years. And I've had people come to the two churches I've served at, uh, particularly my last church where I was the, the solo pastor, and um, people have asked me all sorts of questions about the ministries of the church, good questions. Right? Tell me about, uh, how, tell me about how your, your preaching style and your, your commitment to, to how you teach the Bible. Tell me about community groups and tell me about outreach and all, all, all good things, all good things, but not once. And, and uh, if, you, if you've listened to me, you've heard me say this before. It's still true. Not once has anybody asked me, tell me about the church's commitment to prayer. Tell me about the ministry of prayer at this church and how this church is going to help me grow in, in my devotion and discipline and being devoted to God in prayer. You know, no, no one's asked me that. And I understand I, I wouldn't ask somebody that going in either because we just don't think of prayer in those terms. You know, Christians, I found Christians will, will show up for all sorts of stuff, all sorts of meetings, all sorts of activities, all sorts of different ministries. But I, I think most pastors will tell you the one meeting that it is most difficult to get people at consistently is the ministry of prayer, the, the prayer meeting. But here's the thing. If we want to change the world, we must recover a commitment 
to this central ministry because it is so true. We can be very busy in our lives. We can be very busy in our churches with all sorts of good ministry activities. But if there is no prayer, then ultimately we're building our house upon the sand, aren't we? I remember hearing a sermon once by an African minister in my church in California, and he put it this way. He said, it's possible for a church to be very busy without prayer and look very healthy. But if what you can do can be done without prayer, what lasting good do we hope will come? And I remember being being convicted by that question as he as he preached. I recently was very encouraged along these lines by historical example, which I'll share with you briefly, from uh, Charles Spurgeon's church. Now, if you if you know the name Charles Spurgeon, you know that his his nickname is the Prince of Preachers. He was arguably one of the, one of the better or best uh, English speaking preachers in the last couple of centuries. Powerful preaching, uh, had a very large church in London. And uh, he's known for that, but what is probably less known, at least I wasn't aware of it, was how devoted both personally but also corporately uh, to prayer he was and how he was committed to leading the church as a church to pray strategically and have prayer permeating every aspect of the church's life. And so, for example, not only did they have the regular weekly prayer nights. I think they did it on Monday nights where there was no study, no Bible study, nothing but prayer. They also had uh, regular prayer meetings for the leadership. Uh, They had several all-church corporate prayer meetings called throughout the year just to thank God and pray for the outpouring of the Spirit. Uh, They did this uh, on special days throughout the year where different members in every area of of, uh, the city would open their homes from 7 to 9 p.m. and congregation would come in. And then what was most uh, uh, caught my attention the most was every year they had a full week of prayer to kick off the new year. Uh, So Monday through Friday, the first week of the year, beginning at 3 p.m., all of the church staff would come and they'd start praying. And then at 5 p.m., some of the other church officers and leaders would come. And then at 7 p.m., the whole congregation would come. And they would pray all all week, every week, and it's just it's just so striking. You know, you would only devote this kind of time and energy and commitment uh, to this kind of ministry if you really believed that it was essential. And obviously, he did, and and God powerfully blessed that church and and, and that ministry. And I think today, if we want to change the world, we need to recover that kind of emphasis on prayer as an essential ministry. We need to recover the, the the idea, to quote one author that I've read recently, that prayer really is a labor, it's a ministry for which there is no substitute in the kingdom of God, and that the most important work we have to do is that which must be done on our knees. May God grant us that renewed confidence and encouragement to be a people devoted to prayer. Thanks for joining me on another episode of No Lasting City. Join me next time. Goodbye. Thank you.